Welcome to the daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at VFNTV.com. Enjoy. What is happening? Today we're going to look at this Islamic wave of just this radical mindset. And for some time we've talked about it, we've educated you on, on Islam and Islam 101 we have available for you at VFNTV.com, at the VFN Torch. But it specifically says in the Quran some of the things that we're seeing. But we just had a college student from Ohio State, a fellow student who went through high school and now he's at Ohio State College, take his car and run it into a crowd of students because he's a follower of Islam? Because he says he was afraid? He jumps out of his car and begins to stab his fellow students because he said he was afraid? What are things coming to? We're going to look at that today, but first let's go to Ohio State and see what just took place. Eleven students were hurt in an attack at Ohio State University Monday. The attacker has been identified as a Somali immigrant named Abdul Razak Ali Artan. He was a student at Ohio State, and reports indicate he was a devout Muslim who was angry about the way Muslims were being treated. The attack was similar to a recent ISIS terror attack in France. In this case, the attacker drove his car into pedestrians onto a curb on the university campus and then began slashing people with a knife. Male suspect drove a vehicle over the curb, West 19th, west of College Avenue, struck pedestrians. He exited the vehicle and used a butcher knife to start cutting pedestrians. There were multiple injuries uh, related to lacerations or cuts, most likely, as Chief said, from the, the stab wounds from the butcher knife. Certainly that uh, authorities need to treat this as a potential terrorist attack. Investigators are looking into a recent Facebook rant they believe Artan posted. It said, if you want us Muslims to stop carrying lone wolf attacks, then make peace. We will not let you sleep unless you give peace to Muslims. Artan was killed by a campus police officer. There's a huge difference when you're looking at somebody saying, because of their belief system, they're angry with you and they're going to kill you and hurt you and drive a car through your innocent uh, fellow students and, and come out with a knife and begin to stab like we show you this taking place in Israel that was taking place at the club down in Orlando that happened in California. It's happening all around and nobody's talking about how radical this belief system really is. But when you think about it, when you look at ISIS, which, you know, uh, there's many peaceful Muslims, but ISIS, they're going strictly by the, the Quran and what the Quran is saying. And, and take, let's just take a look at it, because one out of every six uh, volunteers that are coming to joining ISIS was the Islamic State, uh, forming a caliphate where, you know, the Quran is the, the leading oracle for their uh, community. One out of six of those are women. And the women are treated so badly in the belief system. As a matter of fact, we're going to take a look right now. Let's take a look. For a group that espouses radical and oppressive views towards women, ISIS has done a remarkable job recruiting them in fairly large numbers. Some sources say as many as 550 of the 3,000 Westerners who've joined ISIS in Iraq and Syria are women. But how does ISIS get women to join a group that's actively trying to take away their rights? Here now, a look at three things you might have heard about women and ISIS. Number one, ISIS believes there is no place for women in war. That is false. While ISIS doesn't recruit women for frontline battle roles, it sees itself as more than a terrorist organization. 
Its goal is to create a fully functioning Islamic State, in which women play a subordinate but nonetheless necessary part. They're expected to cook, clean, and sew for their spouses. Number two, ISIS recruits women through violence. That is definitely true. ISIS reportedly uses rape and brutality as methods to control women and force them to join ISIS. But there are women voluntarily joining ISIS too. The group uses social media to get the word out, creating Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook campaigns promising women devout jihadist husbands and a life in the true Islamic State where they can devote their lives to religion. Number three, men ensure women comply with the morality laws. That is generally true. In most places, men make sure women are accompanied by a male chaperone at all times, are wearing double-layered veils, loose abaya cloaks and gloves. However, in ISIS's Syrian capital of Raqqa, the all-female Al-Khansa Brigade cracks down on immorality. This group of about 60 women enforces Sharia law, arresting, beating, and punishing women who dare to show their ankles, wrists, or commit another offense. The Al-Khansa Brigade also performs another vital role, they work at ISIS checkpoints, trying to catch infiltrators dressed in women's clothing since men are forbidden from searching women. So they beat women, beat other women for showing their ankles or their wrist. I mean, this is an, the thing about, you know, up doesn't mix with down, right doesn't mix with left. And two different faiths, they don't necessarily mix. If, if one says that you're free and you're forgiven and God loves you, and the other one says, you know, God represses you and God says that, you know, you have to be beat for this. That's too different. That's, a, that's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose son is Jesus Christ, he came to set us free. Yeah, you know, we live a Christian life, but it's by, by grace are we saved. So this is a huge conflict when we have a student here that just ran over other students because of his faith in Islam saying that uh, he's angry and how that people are being treated in that faith. It's like, look how Islam's treating Islam. And it's like, you know, we have to make up our mind which way we're going to go as a nation, which way we're going to go as a people. And we are a Judeo-Christian nation. Some of our founding documents is the Bible itself. I mean, think about that. We've talked about that when we had David Barton on the program talking specifically about those particular things, where we came from and how we got here today the Federalist Papers, and it's like, we just have to make up our mind which way, or go, which way we go. And this young man, it looks like, in Ohio State, who's governor, by the way, Kasich, he said we need to bring in more immigrants from these radicalized areas, and he, he, he stood up for that. He ran for president talking about that. And now in his own state, in Ohio State University, he has one of those Somali immigrants, Muslim immigrants, that was angry because of how things were happening, and he took it out on the students of Ohio. That is so sad. We're going to talk more about this because we've got to begin to understand this and we're going to look at this. You know, what is a caliphate? We've got to begin to understand, you know, God tells us his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We've got to get some knowledge. What is a caliphate and why is this taking place? Steve, can you believe this doctor right here is showing up today in this community? Yes. And they're talking about how you can live to be 200 years old. <laughs> Well, Have you seen hundred lately? I mean, do you <laughs> yeah. want to go under the hundred for that? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Will me over here. So it's this paleo diet thing or something. They're coming in and it's like, you know, think about that. As Christians, we can top that. Mm -hmm. We can actually say and be right. You can live forever. But anybody who wants to stay in this life for 200 years <laughs> have totally missed out on the reality of eternity. 
So if you're thinking about going on the paleo diet because you want to level 100 to 150, 175, I want to encourage you, you need to meet God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You need to meet my Father. Mm -hmm. We have our testimonies where we shared with you how we met God. When we did that, we made a decision bigger than the decision this professor is making living 200 years. We decided we wanted to live forever in the presence of God. Amen. Is that awesome? That's very awesome. Awesome. <laughs> you can go there and meetmyfather.org today. Well, listen, we're, just, we're looking at, at, at uh, Islam, and, you know, if, if you read the Quran, and we have it for you. Yes, we've talked about it. We have it totally that. for you on, uh, on, VFN, on the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com, and compare the two. When you compare the Bible, when you compare the Quran side by side, one is up, one is down. You know, Jesus is coming from the air. Their Savior is coming from a hole in the ground. Literally. Yeah, literally. literally. And, you know, Jesus is, uh, is, they say Jesus is not the Son of God, but He was a prophet, and He has to come back and repent for calling Himself a Son of God and help uh, the Mahi and, you know, what's Mahi, going on. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we say that, that's, that's not true. But then they say their Savior comes out of the ground. That's why they're walking around in Mecca. You know, you have to go do your, your yep. journey. And he's going to come out. He's going to put a mark on everyone. Which they say and is a even, good thing. It's even called it. They say it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's not that complicated. You know, if it comes out the ground and it puts a mark on you, that takes you right to what God told us prophetically mm -hmm. when John was on the Isle of Patmos and God revealed to him the revelation of Christ in the book of Revelation. Yep. He says, the beast will come out of the ground. He'll put, he'll put a mark. And, yeah. and whoever has the mark, you can only buy and sell. And this is so significant because you're looking at this rise of Islam around the world. You're looking at the rise of, of, of radical Islam. You're looking at people just winking at what they don't read, the Quran, the Bible, mm -hmm. and they just start speaking from of authority through it. And it's like, wait a minute, this stuff is, it actually says this in the Quran. As a matter of fact, look, let's take a look. A caliphate, what you're hearing again and again, a caliphate is a, a government, really, it's a political system, a religious belief system, all merged into one where it's totally in control like of everything. Cultural. And that's the goal of ISIS. And guess what? This young man, this college student on this college campus in Ohio State University, he did the very same thing. It's the very same thing. Mm -hmm. He took his car, he ran it into the fellow students that he went to school with, and he jumped out and began to stab them with a knife and thank God for that officer on that campus that stopped him within 60 seconds mm -hmm. of that taking place. This is happening in Israel. It's happening all over the place. And it's like, we have to wake up. What kind of nation do we want to be? Do we want to be a Judeo-Christian nation? Well, we have to begin to live that out. Mm -hmm. We're not going to like demand it, right? That's doing the same thing that they're doing. We've got we to begin to love God and, and love others and begin to teach truth and to live a pleasing new Christian lifestyle, and God begins to reward us and push back the adversary. But let's take a look. What's this caliphate? When you look at Laith, um, Ahara, his name is Alhara, it's hard to say, Alhari. He explains you know, specifically what a caliphate is, and he just kind of nails it. Just like these women are being beat by other women who are both are in the Islamic faith, that that's what the law says. You can't show your ankle, mm -hmm. you can't show your wrist. I mean, can you imagine Anyway, so in America. <laughs> There'd be a lot of beatings happening. Let's go there and take a look at it now. Let's, let's just look at what is a caliphate. A caliphate is exactly, that is a Muslim nation that is under one ruler. Um, that's what it really means. So uh, it, it, Muslims uh, would 
kind of be the the citizens of this caliphate. Um, they're not, you know, they, they don't have a, a a nationality in today's understanding. Mm -hmm. Kind of the Westphalian uh, understanding of what a nationality means. They their their allegiance is to um, this caliphate, which is comprised mostly of Muslims. Now there are non-Muslims under a caliphate where they would be subordinate to the uh, rules of Islamic Sharia. Um, for example, Christians would have to pay jizya, which is a sum of money that goes to the treasury of the caliphate. Um, or otherwise, uh, you know, it would be preferred if they convert, or otherwise if they don't want to pay jizya or convert, they would have to leave. Uh, so ISIS is trying to implement that right now in places in Syria and Iraq. We've seen it in Raqqa, we've seen it in Nineveh, in Mosul. Um, so yeah, the, that's that's kind of their main goal, and and this caliphate is supposed to be all inclusive in all of the Muslim lands. And after all of the Muslim lands where this they're part of this caliphate, it expands even further to conquer other countries uh, like Europe. You know, they're trying to take Spain. Um, you know, going back kind of a thousand after they lost a thousand years ago. Uh, so yeah, um, that's that's kind of in a gist what a caliphate is. So the way to please this young man who's now dead is to convert, is to get in servitude and pay a jizya or pay a tax, tax, which, by the way, President Barack Obama was talking about wanting to work towards making that fit in a tax-exempt status so you can make a, pro a, a donation to your, to your um, not, not jizya, but the, to give towards mm -hmm. the mosque and use that money, which one-sixth of it, I believe it says, is towards jihad, which would be you're supporting war mm -hmm. in the context of that. And he says you gotta pay this tax. That's exactly the very first war that America ever fought. The reason why we have the Marines is because of the shores of Tripoli, the song, the Marines, which you know about. Mm -hmm. The Barbary be, Coast. Being a Marine. Yeah, the Barbary Coast is because they were actually charging jizya for American, uh, American sailors who were being uh, uh, taken captive and held until they either became converted or went to mm -hmm. servitude. That's what the Quran says. It's not like they're not doing what the Quran says. It's the fact is, is that is it right or not? And and we say in America that you shouldn't beat the women for for showing their ankle or showing their wrist. Um, although modesty might be a, a good idea, but not that's crazy. And then um, you know people make a choice to follow God. You can't force people to follow God. But it's like a political system. As a matter of fact, look at this comparison. This is a comparison with Judaism, with Christianity, and with Islam, and it just nails it. Take a look. In a plot twist so strange it's hard to believe, Christians, Jews, and Muslims all trace their lineage to the same man, Abraham, and their physical roots to the same place, Jerusalem. The religions believe in many of the same prophets and even the basic framework of many key prophecies. Obviously you had Abraham who's the father of Isaac and Ishmael. Now on Isaac's side he was the father of Jacob who became Israel and obviously that's the father of the Jewish faith. Uh, and then on the other side you had Ishmael and then you also had Edom uh, or Esau and it was out of those individuals on that side of the, the Abrahamic family that many of the Middle Eastern nationalities derive from. Now, Muhammad, the founder of Islam, claims to have been a direct descendant 2,600 years after Ishmael. It's interesting because um, 
We all share that common rootage. As a matter of fact, uh, there is an exhibit at the New York Public Library called The Three Faiths, and three faiths all beginning with uh, Abraham, so to speak. Jews, Christians, Muslims all point to Jerusalem as the epicenter of their faith, and they all believe that that is where all uh, history will wind up, in part because Abraham uh, was touched by God there, was, was spoken to and communicated with God there. All the three major religions, uh, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, believe in the return or in the coming of a Messiah that is going to bring peace, where peace is going to reign supreme on earth. But who the Messiah is and how that peace is achieved is very much in dispute. The Jewish faith believes the Messiah will be human and will oversee a period of great transformation on earth. There will be a resurrection of the dead. There will be the return of uh, justice. There will be true peace amongst all peoples. Um, the rebuilding of the temple uh, will take place. Now there are those who take a bit of a different stance and say, well, it's going to happen uh, through human development, not necessarily in the hands of one person, but collectively it will uh, take place. The messianic beliefs of Christians and Muslims represent a sort of anti-parallel. Similar stories told from very different perspectives with very different outcomes. I think of it as, as a photographic negative of each other. Christians believe the returning Messiah will be Jesus Christ. Islam's savior is the Mahdi, who will emerge as the Pope president and general of the world. According to the Bible, the Antichrist revives an empire. According to Islamic end time view, the Mahdi revives an Islamic empire. In the Bible, the Old Testament prophet Daniel says the Antichrist will set up his seat of authority on the Temple Mount in Israel and will actively persecute and martyr Jews as his enemies. Islam teaches the Mahdi will operate from the same Temple Mount in Jerusalem and will cause Jews and other non-believers to either convert to Islam or die. On the biblical side, the Antichrist will specifically use the method of beheading to uh, martyr his enemies, to destroy his enemies. On the Islamic side, it's within the Quran that says, strike the necks of the unbelievers. Some translations actually say, behead the unbelievers. Revelation 13 says, the Antichrist will have an assistant a false prophet. It refers to him as a dragon in the clothing of a ram or a lamb. On the Islamic side, Muslims believe that Jesus returns. Again, they call him Isa al-Masih. He comes back as an assistant to the Mahdi. And he tells all of the Christians of the world, your Bible is corrupt. I never claimed to be the son of God. I never died on the cross. The Christian religion is false. Islam is the true religion, and you need to follow the Mahdi. The biblical Antichrist will reign for seven years. The Mahdi, seven years. Both religions talk about a mark of the beast. Christians believe it will be put on the forehead, wrist, or forearm of those who follow the Antichrist. Only those with the mark will be allowed to buy or sell goods. The Bible teaches that anyone taking the mark will ultimately be cast into hell. Muslims have borrowed this concept of the mark of the beast. 
Muslims actually teach this individual uh, known as the Dabat al-Ard. He is the beast of the earth. It comes up out of the earth. They believe he will be a literal beast. And it says that he will mark the foreheads of all true Muslim believers. So on the Islamic side, Muslims are actually hoping to be marked with the mark of the beast. The Islamic faith also believes in an antichrist figure called Ad-Dajjal al-Masi. It refers to him as the false Jewish messiah or Jewish king who returns claiming to be the son of God, claiming to be Jesus Christ. And the anti-parallel continues. When you look at Revelation 19, this is really the quintessential picture of the return of Jesus in the Bible. He bursts forth from heaven on a white horse. He's followed by the armies of heaven. And then it says the kings of the earth gather together to make war against him. And you ask yourself, you say, what in the world are they thinking? This supernatural man just burst forth from heaven and they think they can defeat him. Well, when you understand Islamic eschatology, you understand these kings will actually believe that Jesus is the Dajjal, the Antichrist, and they will believe that it is their divine destiny to kill him. Richardson believes the Muslim people have been set up by their own belief system to fulfill the prophecies of the Bible, believing they are following their savior, when in fact, they'll be following the biblical Antichrist. Think about this. The belief system is so important. We're not talking about they're talking about radical this and peaceful this, but like what does your what does your Quran say? As a Christian, you would say, What does the Bible say? And then you would say, Was there ever a time of reformation that took place in your belief system? For us, it was Jesus Christ. God sent his son. Because prior to Jesus being born of a virgin, Father God, Mother Mary, and walking on this earth, we were under the law. It was ruthless. Mm -hmm. The law, the law said stone. The law said, you know, all these different things that you know, not the the same type of things, but similar type of things. But when Jesus came, He came to deliver us from the punishment that's due us because of the law. What you're looking at somebody with a belief system of Islam that they don't even have Jesus. They don't have a savior. They don't have forgiveness. They don't have love. They have works. You know, one of the reports are that Muhammad Ali, before he passed, you know, being a Muslim, the reason why he signed autographs so he couldn't even sign anymore, because he, he believed, being a Muslim, that your good works stack up for you and you have a chance to enter into their heaven. But you, nobody really knows based on what the reports are in the context of that. But notice how the belief system it's very important what you believe. You will spend eternity, you'll spend eternity, not just this short period of life, you'll spend eternity based on what your thoughts are towards God. Do you believe that He exists? Well, you have to have that in, in your heart. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Or do you believe that He uh, has to come back and repent for calling Himself the Son of God? Those are opposites. Mm -hmm. Well, if you believe that He's not the Son of God, then that means there's no way for forgiveness of sins. Without the setting of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And eternity for you is not heaven, it's going to be hell. It's very important to know the difference of that. So when we're talking about a Judeo-Christian nation, that be a Judeo-Christian Islamic nation, it's, it's, they're opposites. You can't, in, you can't interject 
the Quran into the Bible. Those they don't they don't they're they're bi, I mean, they're bipolar opposites. One's we're looking for the savior from the sky, and they're looking for their savior from the ground. We're looking not to get the mark. They're looking to get the mark. We're looking not to buy or sell based on that mark. They're looking. It's a good thing. They're actually going to make war. They're going to believe the people who are in that belief system who don't get saved. And many Muslims are getting saved. They they actually are going to believe the the antithesis of reality, and they're going to think that Jesus Christ, when he comes to make war, is the antichrist. And he's not. He's the Son of God. Those are the ones that fight him when the blood comes up to the bridles. They talks about that in the and uh, and Armageddon that mm -hmm. takes place, and so. It's so important. It's not something to just jest over. You, need, you really need to know, you know what you believe and that we need to love the Muslims and we need to, to share with them the love of God. Like I think about Kamal Salim. Mm -hmm. you know, we had him on the program before. He's a radical jihadist that came to America to, to oppress us and to take us as his inheritance. And he ends up give, finding Jesus, getting saved, and he's most just in love Turn with Jesus. I mean, he's right. just probably, he just didn't know. He didn't know that Jesus was authentic and he was real and he encountered him. And so it's not for us to hate folks, but it's like, hey, you know what? We can't be both. We've got to decide. Are we going to be up or are we going to be down? Are we going to be a Judeo-Christian nation or are we going to be an Islamic nation? And if your religion says drive a car up into a crowd of fellow college students, then that is not a religion that needs to... to, to Advance. That's not a belief system. That is a war political system mm -hmm. is what that is. And, uh, and so we're fixing to go to a break, but this puts, I want to put this in context because I'm about to talk to you about who the Democratic National Convention, who's, who's putting a Muslim, the first Muslim congressman, they're, they're talking about putting him in charge of the entire Democratic Party. And it's like, what are we doing? Where are we going? And out of 300 something million folks in America, a Judeo-Christian nation, why would the very one thing during this time when we're trying to work out our understanding of what's happening in the earth. This is some crazy, crazy times. We've been having a conversation starting with this uh, uh, follower of Islam student in Ohio State that ran over his fellow students, jump outs, begins to stab them mm -hmm. because of his belief system. And we're looking at, man, his belief system, if he follows the Quran, is the opposite of what the Bible says. But then to top it off, we're looking at what people who are you know, strict in their following of it, you know, ISIS mm -hmm. and caliphates, and you're seeing what's take place. And it's like, well, somebody says, well, that's not what we do. Well, if you run over people in your car because of your belief system, beating somebody because they showed their wrist would be mild compared to... Which is what they teach. What they, what the, you know, the teachings. But this is the strangest thing, and this is one of the things we want to talk about, you know, is, you know, there is no... Uh, when you think about the two major dem uh, dem political parties in America are the Republicans, mm -hmm the Democrats, and then you have the independents, and you have just little bits and pieces of other things. But these are two major parties. So when you saw the president's, presidential, presidential candidates running for office, you had the, the one who got the Democratic nomination, which was Hillary Clinton, and the one who got the Republican um, uh, uh, primary, one primaries Donald was Trump. Donald Trump, President-elect Donald Trump. And so that's what happened. Now imagine this, now that we know a little bit about Islam. There's a lot more we have available for you at LVFNTV.com. Of all the things the Democratic National Party is talking about doing, is putting this man right here you're seeing on the screen behind me is Keith Ellison. He's a congressman of the United States uh, Congress, and he is the first Muslim mm -hmm. uh, in the history of America to be, understand, in, in Congress, the U.S. Congress. And he's campaigning to be the head of the other party with Republican and Democrat over the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And many of the leaders in the Democratic Party saying, 
you know, this is, this is uh, a good thing, good way to go. Of course, there's no religious tests and there are peaceful Muslims, but right now, when people in the name of Islam are running over college students, when people are shooting up a club down in Orlando, you know, when, when um, uh, you're, you're seeing what's taking place in, in California, when you're seeing all these things take place, now's probably not a good time to say we want this to be heading over the entire, over the, over the entire when party. When you see what the, belief, the, the actual Quran, or showed it to you, what the Bible says, what the Quran says, we're a Judeo-Christian nation, people are saying systematically you know, that to push Israel into the sea, to, to first, you know, kill the Saturday people, then the, the Sunday, Sunday people. Sunday. Well, the Saturday people would be the Jews and the Sunday people would be the Christians. And to either convert, pay a jizya tax, or die. or die. The most intimate term, talking about, you know, the sword being at your neck. And it's like, we're, we're, you're seeing the fulfillment of prophecy. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has shown me some very specific things that, you know, in this past administration, they made a covenant at some point with Islam and the Muslim Brotherhood, and you know they were supporting, you know Morsi being the next president in in, in Egypt. They built the whole, which was Muslim Brotherhood that they allowed in. And, well, and there was illegal for the Muslim yes. Brotherhood to even be active and available in Egypt. But we reportedly, and we showed that to you, the very first speech, the international speech that President Obama spoke was at uh, the Cairo, Cairo University, University, and he invited the Muslim Brotherhood there, mm -hmm. and they began to build a narrative that they were saying that you know, cotton was invented by, you know, math was invented by, they just started to this positive narrative, and he considered it his job to defend Islam, every negative type, stereotype of Islam, no matter where it was. The United Nations, our president says, you know, that uh, the future doesn't belong to those who blaspheme the prophet of Islam. Which is basically to say Jesus Christ is, is Lord. Lord right. That's blasphemy. That's it. Yeah. And, and so, you see this narrative being pushed, and, yeah. and the Lord has shown me very specifically, you know, right when somebody falls, when they fall, when they crash and burn, right before that, they were their most confident. They thought they were gonna be rich forever. You know, people were selling their houses, mortgaging their houses, and, and borrowing money to be able to invest in the stock market in 1929, right before it crashed. I mean, right before it crashed, they put everything they had into the market, because every, right before you fall, you're at your most prideful point. And people don't understand it because you look so confident. And Israel threw their chest out years ago when this small army was coming against them. They say, who is this country to come against such a big, yeah. powerful nation? And they ended up in Babylonian captivity because God was going, your time has come. You didn't listen. This is going to happen. And we have to wake up because the Lord has shown me a very significant impact. And they're pushing this narrative really hard. And there's not a lot of Muslims in, in America. There really isn't. There's like maybe 3 million mm -hmm. Muslims in America. But it seems like this huge... A narrative like that, that you know, that 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 um, this big prominent number, like 50 51 percent of America is Muslim, and it's like you know, you could be a peaceful Muslim, you could be a rebellious Muslim, and not follow the Quran. But the one, the two percent that follow the Quran of a billion follower religion is is bigger probably than the population of America. So it's it's significant that we got to be able to say, you know what, you know, you need to either have a reformation and and re rearrange your belief system. You can't be running over college students, shooting up people at a nightclub, going to the workplace that you worked at for years with people that helped you out while you're, you're shooting mm -hmm. in, in, in California and in a recruiting station in Tennessee. Uh, they just arrested somebody in New York who wanted to drive a, a garbage truck right through uh, the Thanksgiving parade. His goal was to do the same thing that happened in France. Nice, France, right? Nice, France. And it just happened at Ohio State University. So we've got to make up our mind. We've got to think about, 
you know, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, does, does this congressman have the right? Yeah, of course he does, of course, of course he does. Does this district have the right? Of course, yes. I mean, it, there is no religious test in the context of that. But if your belief system says it's okay to hurt someone, run your car through the crowd, not confront that if you're not gonna stand. As a matter of fact, the BBC quoted him. This is what mm -hmm. he said when he was speaking and being interviewed as, the as you know, Muslims in America, being the first Muslim congressman. What did, what did he say to the BBC? He said, the district that I represent is the kind of district where you can have a member of Congress stand up for religious tolerance and against religious bigotry against anyone, but also stand up for the rights of gays too. So it's like, it's like standing up for everything. And it's like tolerance would be not speaking out right. And this is the perfect time for Congressman Elliot Ellison to stand up and say, I'm this against this right. intolerance from this Muslim young mm -hmm. man who it was intolerant, according to his post on Facebook, according to what he wrote his car through the fellow students and ran them over, jumped right. out and began to stab them. That's what you need to be intolerant. That's intolerance. Mm -hmm. That's religious intolerance. When the women are being beat because they showed their ankles, because they showed their, their wrists, that's intolerance. You know, that's when we're seeing these things take place, when somebody's saying, you know, that you need to smite the neck of the unbeliever, that is religious intolerance. That's like, you know what, that, you don't need to tolerate that. And we have to make up our mind. We have to make up our mind. And it's not like, hey, what system do we want to go to? It's who is your God? It's the big question Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, who do they say I am? Some say you're a prophet. Mm -hmm. Some say you're this. And, and Peter says, you know, but you are the Son of God. And he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. But, but he said specifically to them after he talked about, you know, who do they say I am? He says, who do you say I am? And that's when Peter said that. This is the, this is the ultimate question. An FBI agent on Fox News was asked this question because they were talking about, you know, uh, James Foley and the other prisoners that were uh, held captive by radical mm -hmm. beliefs in Islam. And they were being forced, either you're gonna convert or you're gonna die. And he said, that the journalists asked the FBI agents, well, what would you do? What would you, if they said, you could you know, say, deny Jesus Christ as the Son of God, accept Muhammad as the way to, to a possible whatever. And this is what the FBI agent, I mean, the FBI agent, he knows. He said, that's every man's test. And the test is getting bolder. It's getting black and white. Mm -hmm. It's getting yes and no. It's getting true and false. The blurriness is going away. You got to make up your mind, who is your God? Are you your God? Is money your God? Is America your God? Is your religion your God? Or is Jesus Christ your God? That's what's so awesome about Jesus Christ. It's good news, the gospel is good news. That's what we deserve, we deserved the punishment of death. We deserved all these things coming against us. We, des we, we all of our righteousness, everything that we ever did right, it's like filthy rags, it really is. But God so loved us, he was in love with us that while we were a mess like that, where Islam beats you, radical Islam beats you, people who follow the Quran beats you and put you in servitude, God says, I'll die for you. Where their God says you have to die for him, mm -hmm. our God sent his son to die for us. It's just completely bipolar opposites. You see, this is where the rubber hits the road. If you think this is a political solution and a political answer and you're trying to be popular with everybody, you can be popular on earth and not popular in heaven, you can have some serious problem. This eternal question, men are being brought to a point of decision in America. America, you know, 
the city on the hill, you're looking like we may have a reprieve. Well, listen, this is what Chuck Pierce said, and we don't have that word. I wish I had that word to be able to, to, for you to hear it. But he says, people are going to say, peace, 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 peace. He says, but there's not going to be no peace. So we're getting brought to a point of decision. And some of the things the Lord showed me that, you know, in what uh, Kamal Salim said, he said that the, the Border Patrol told him specifically that, um, uh, was it half a million? Two, I believe over 250 or 450,000 radical Islamists. Over 450,000 people who believe this way not Muslims, but radical, in other words, they believe what the Quran says and live it out, have already come across our borders. They're already here. They're already yeah. here. But you think about, well, how could that be? Well, if there's three million Muslims, 450,000 is just a partial part of those. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have to wake up and understand, you know, and this is what God says. He says, if you see this sword coming against you, it's very interesting that he says, I'm fastening a storm against you. I want you to stand up on the wall as a watchman, and I want you to tell them the storm's coming. Mm -hmm. And he calls the storm a sword. And we're literally saying this. And word. Islam is a religion of the sword. sword. I mean, it's like, get a word picture here. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, you know, this is like Sesame Street. And so he says, but when you see the sword coming against you, if you repent, if you say, you know what, Lord, we've sinned against you. We've been making our own gods. As a matter of fact, our next program, we're gonna have for you, you gotta see us, this abortion doctor on her knees and she's praying, thanking God for guiding her hands as she takes the life of children. I mean, she really believes this system. Mm -hmm. We gotta make up our mind. You know, what do we believe? We have to be solid in our faith. We have to be solid in our confidence. It's not for this life we live. But here we are at this particular point. You know, America's being brought to a point of decision. And the watchman, we've been warning. I mean, we've been talking about mm -hmm. it and letting you know there's a storm coming. The enemy has nothing on God. There's no wisdom of a man that can succeed against the strength of God. But if, in fact, we, turn, we keep our backs turned toward God and we don't turn back to Him, then He can allow, mm -hmm. you know, some difficult times to come to our nation. And so I want to encourage you right now, and we're about to go to, to a, uh, we might not have time for that, but I want, to, I want to encourage you right now to be, begin to say, you know what, I'm going to live my life for God. You know, and I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to love Muslims. I'm going to love uh, the the non-religious. I'm going to love Christians. I'm going to love my family. I'm going to love my husband, my wife, my children, my parents. I'm going to begin to walk out the truth. I'm going to be a Christian, a Christ follower. I'm going to begin to live a new Christian life. And one thing that we have available for you, and we're so excited, it was launched this year, is uh, Emmaus Road. Jesus said this, who is the Son of God? who came to reveal the heart of God to us, the love of God to us, to make a way for us to be in the mm -hmm. family of God. He, his purpose was to come and save us for, and forgive us when we repent, but also to told us to become his disciple. We have to learn the word of God. We have to learn what Jesus expects from us. And it's something you want to do because there's safety in that. As a matter of fact, radical jihadists don't take over your nation when you're following mm -hmm. Jesus. I mean, that's what happens. And that's available for you right now. We had that for you. It's at Emmaus Road. We have two different ways you can take it. You know, we have those that are members of the VFN family across the nation. We also have non-members, so it's totally up to you. But begin that journey of becoming a disciple. Because he said, this is what he told his disciples. He says, go into all the nations and tell them this good news. What good news? The good news I just said. And those that accept him and believe him, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, and then teach them to be my disciples. Right now, the statistics are not too good for where we are as Christians in America. Like 81% of Christians don't even pick up their Bible at all. 
and out of the 19% to do, only 3% of follow it, according to George Barna, in a way that is the way they should live their life, which is a disciple or a Christian lifestyle. Somebody that follows Jesus Christ and yeah. ab abides by His Word. And, and, and to me, that, that's where the difference is, because you said, is when you know Jesus, you want to abide by Him, because He says, those who are my disciples know my teachings and follow my, which is love. Right. And we want to express love to Him and love to others. And that's, that's where it all begins. And you look, so you, see, you, know, if you, you watch a couple of car accidents because they ran a red light. You don't think these red lights are evil. You start thinking, you know what? I'm going to stop at the red light. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens. If we live our life outside of what God says, we get injured and bad things happen to us. God doesn't do them to us. We actually bring them into our life by making wrong decisions. But mm -hmm. when we follow the, the righteous path and, and, and abide with God, He empowers us to be able to do that. We can't do it in our own strength. Uh, we can do it. He leads us, and all of a sudden, we're stopping at red lights we didn't stop at before. Yeah. And guess what? We're not getting in an accident. Our marriages are making it, possibly, or your family's making it, or you're making it, at least. So I want to encourage you today, if you haven't made a decision, a clear decision of who your God is, if you don't know who Jesus is, we want to introduce you to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can go to meetmyfather.org. That's meetmyfather.org, and, and hear our stories, read our yeah. stories and you can meet him today. I want to pray with you right now. Father God, we love you. We pray for protection over our nation. We pray that you would comfort those students who have been stabbed by knives, who've been ran over by cars. In Ohio State University, we pray for wisdom for our governors, wisdom for our president and Congress. Lord, we pray for, for wisdom over the leaders of this nation that we would uh, turn back to our Judeo-Christian roots. We would turn back to you, Father God, that this sword would not have to be brought against our nation, God, but we would stand and we'd be the city on the hill. We would be light again, Father God, the sender, Lord, of resources and, and missionaries around the world, dear God. Lord, we ask you right now for a third great awakening. Dear Lord, end abortion, send revival, send a third great awakening, we pray in Jesus' name. God bless. You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Data Radio program, where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app, where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at VFNTV.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at VFNTV.com. VFNTV and the Daily Radio Program, where we're keeping the conversation light.